Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning. morning. Happy New Year. Year. Greetings to you this morning. Ah, boy. Greetings. Greeting people, saying hello, saying goodbye, has become a lost art. You ever go like to a coffee shop or to, a, to um, a fast food place or things like that, or even a counter somewhere, and you feel like you're the one who's working there? <laughs> Hi! How are you? You know, you get nothing on the other side. It's kind of a lost art. But here's the thing. Here's what I'd ask you. Even if you do greet people, uh, do you mean what you say? Have a nice day. Take care. Good to see you. Good morning. Do you mean what you say? Are you even thinking about what you say? Or do your words just fall into the realms of social etiquette rather than true care and concern? And maybe you think, well, I don't really have permission uh, to have true care and concern for this stranger that's in front of me. But are your greetings rote, R-O-T-E? Are your greetings rote? Are they rehearsed without any real meaning behind any of it? My former co-worker I worked with uh, when I was in the newspaper business had an unusual greeting. I actually ended up adopting it because it threw a curve into the whole rote and rehearsed and purely surface interactions of, you know, hey, how are you doing? Good morning, that kind of thing. So his greeting was this. His greeting was, what's the good word? Most people do not expect that greeting. They don't know how to respond to it. Use it on somebody. and Try it and see. Seriously, they're like, what? What's the good word? Try it. You can't just hear that greeting... And just move on with your day. It requires some thought. (laughs) It requires some reflection. Right? You can't just grunt and move on. Using your brain, it requires interacting. It requires revealing yourself to others. Now, I tell you that to tell you this. When God speaks... When God speaks to us, when God speaks to you, when God speaks to me, it's never wrote, R-O-T-E, it's never rehearsed. God's word has purpose. It has intention. In our Old Testament reading for today, you heard words from God that should sound extremely familiar to you. They should be a comfort to you. You should know them by heart. And that's because at the end of most services, especially the divine services, not at the end of a service of prayer and preaching, but divine services, uh, we speak these words. And it's something called the Arianic benediction. It's Arianic because that is what God told Moses to tell Aaron and his sons, right, the priests, to speak to the people. It's benediction from the word Latin. Bene, good, diction, word. A good word spoken to someone. That's why it's called the Arianic Benediction. This benediction is more than just a simple good word. It goes way beyond polite social etiquette. 
It's more than just a fleeting pleasantry. It's much more than poetic expression. I want you to notice the language in today's text from number 6. Now, you're familiar with most of it, but probably not verse 27. So the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. So they shall put My name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Verse 27 again. So they shall put My name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Right? This isn't some idle, thoughtless word. This is God drawing near to His people and doing wonderful things for and to His people. This is just another example of the power of God's Word, of God's Word doing exactly what it says. So what does God promise to do for His people in the Arianic benediction? Well, he promises to bless you, to speak a good word, which he does. The Lord bless you and keep you. Have you ever considered how much we need the Lord to keep us, to guard us and defend us? He alone is our rock, our fortress, our resting place, our deliverer. He shields you from the assaults of the evil one, the fallen world, your sinful flesh from death. Against these powers, you and I are defenseless without His aid. He promises to guard and keep you. But that's not all, right? There's more to it. What else is the good word that the Lord has for you in this blessing that He commanded the priests to say? Well, what about this one? And I know this is a, this is a bad slide because it doesn't even begin to capture what I'm about to tell you. Okay? It can't even compare to it. It can't. The next word is, the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. What do you think of that? You should be saying, oh, that's not good. Wait a minute here. Make His face shine. I seem to remember that no one can look upon the glory of God and live. You remember that? In fact, when Moses would speak to God face to face, his face would illuminate, would shine with God's glory. It would reflect God's glory. And it frightened the people. So much so that they didn't want to look at it. Because it reminded them of God's holiness, His glory. It was frightening to behold. And yet here, in this text, God commands Aaron and the priests to say, He will make the glory and splendor of His face shine on you. How is this possible? He will make the glory and splendor of His face beam upon you. And when you behold Him in His full glory, He will be gracious unto you. You will not be harmed, but blessed 
by His presence. You won't be cowering in fear, but basking in the goodness of the Lord. Blessed by His presence. But there is more to this good word that God has for His people. The Lord lift His countenance upon you and give you His peace. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. You might also hear it this way. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. And that captures really what the Hebrew expresses. So what is the Hebrew talking about? Lift up his countenance, right? Your countenance is this. What it's saying to lift up is to turn from, right, a frown, when you smile. You lift up your countenance. When you're happy, you lift up your countenance. All right? You can see it in your face. You can see what you're feeling in your face if you lift up your countenance. As we enter God's presence, as He bids us to do, as He blesses us, He meets us with a smile instead of a frown. He welcomes us. He's truly glad that we're there. And if The Almighty God, the gracious creator of the universe, favors us in such a way. If that is his reaction, he has no wrath. He has no punishment. He has nothing ill for us. Nothing on account of our sin. And if he has that, then we have true peace. Peace I leave with you, Jesus says. My peace I give to you. I don't give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Why does Jesus say this? Because of what Jesus has done, we have a completely restored relationship with God. Completely. We don't have to worry about, is God going to be favorable to me today? Is God going to receive me today? God will do right by you. He is always favorable. He is always merciful. And He is those things in Christ. Always. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Can you imagine a relationship? One in which your standing is never in doubt. Never. Even for just a moment. That's peace. Because God has lifted up His countenance upon you because of what He's done for you in Christ. That's how God can be so favorable. That's how God can be so gracious. That's how He can smile and welcome such lowly, broken, ungrateful, and flighty people. God is hard at work. Three persons in one, putting his name on you, blessing you with his gracious activity. You'll notice that the Arianic benediction, three times the Lord appears, right? Yahweh appears. That's no accident. It's reflective of the Trinity's activity toward us. And the Trinity is extremely busy in his activity toward us. Our Father sends His Son to us and for us. We just celebrated that. We're still in the season of Christmas. 
celebrating that the Father, out of love for you and for me, sent his Son. And the Father and the Son, out of love for us, sends us the Holy Spirit through word and sacrament. And that Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies us through saving faith. And that saving faith, the Holy Spirit points us to who? Christ, who atoned for the sins of the whole world, who atoned for your sin. So the Father sends the Son, the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He points us to the great love that the Father has for us. Jesus invites us to call God Father. He invites us to even call Him Abba. Papa, Daddy, all three of persons of the Trinity are working. And if we subtract any of these persons and their work, we do not know God aright. And we do not see how much God is doing for us day in and day out. All to move and come to keep you in your baptismal grace through the word. And of course that word includes the sacrament as well because the word of God is attached to those means. I was really surprised. I came in to church this morning about, uh, well, I drove over, um, I left the house a little bit after six, quarter after six. And I was like, what is going on today? There's a lot of people on the road at 6.15. Way more than usual. And then it occurred to me, are people just going home now? <laughs> Seriously. I, I mean, I'm not kidding. And I'm not trying to be flippant or cute. I, I'm really not. I'm not trying to cast disparagements. I'm really not. I'm really not. But it does reveal something. It does reveal where confidence, hope, and joy come from. Right? The world's waking up right now, maybe. I don't know if you went home at 6.30. Yeah. All groggy after a night of celebrating in the name of a new year and probably overindulging the sinful flesh. And as the world wakes up, the church celebrates too. But in a very, very different way. So today, I know um, it's a weird thing to come to church and see, what are we celebrating today? The circumcision and naming of Jesus. Oh boy. And I am talking about the name today, so I'm going to stay focused on that. Okay. But not that long ago, you and I heard good news to Joseph. Joseph, whose heart was broken. Joseph, who was going to divorce his wife quietly. Joseph, who just didn't understand the things that were happening, didn't make any sense. I mean, seriously, his life was in shambles. And the angel comes with good news. Remember that? Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. It's going to be okay. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
And then the news gets better. (laughs) She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. And that's what the name Yeshua means. Today that's what we celebrate, the naming of Jesus, the official name, right? Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh saves. We celebrate Emmanuel. We celebrate God with us. We celebrate that when God names someone, it has meaning. It has significance. When God names someone, it has significance. And when God puts his name on something, it has significance. God has placed his name on you In the waters of holy baptism, he has made a claim on you. You are his, he is yours. And he has renamed you as well. You carry a new name with you. Christian. It has significance. Everything that the church does, we invoke God's name. We we did it several times today. right? We did it in the invocation when we began our worship, calling upon the true God. Pastor stood in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus to forgive your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. As we lift up our prayers, we'll pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the words from the Old Testament today are another means by which God has placed his name upon you. He has claimed you. Here's the problem. Okay? Our sinful nature doesn't want it. Our sinful nature doesn't want this belonging. Our sinful nature wants to be an own person, right? Free from God's gift and grace. I want to stand on my own. I don't need the font of every blessing. I can do this myself. I can stand on my own two feet. I can decide which blessings I receive, how I receive them, how I see fit on the schedule that I desire. Right on and on and on and on and on and on. Our sinful nature doesn't want to carry God's name. But there's good news for us. Our personal condition, this condition, does not invalidate God's work, Luther says. It does not invalidate God's word, Luther says. In fact, it is exactly our fallen condition that moves God to be so busy in His work through the word. We all have gods with a small g, but we all have a true God too. And that God desires to bless you. To speak a good word to you. And he has a good word for you. And he works to bring it to you. He has secured it through Christ's blood. He has sealed it through the working of the Spirit. He has given us the means to receive it. So that he might come and truly do what he desires to do. Bless you. Give you a good word. So what's that good word? New Year? Okay. Football? Eh. Fireworks at midnight? 
My dogs didn't think so. It's over and done with, by the way. Those are all, I hope. <laughs> hope we don't have those again tonight, right? Over and done with. But God's word and work, that endures. The word of the Lord endures forever. It will never pass away. Heaven and earth might, but the word of the Lord will not. 3,500 years ago, God commanded Aaron and the priests to say the Arianic benediction to his people, and we're still doing it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious. He'll look upon you with favor and give you his peace. And here's the good word. He means what he says. And his word does what it says. You belong to him. And he belongs to you. Amen. And may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.